Hello, and welcome to episode 72 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to be newsy again because Wizards decided that it was a great day or a great week to just introduce a million more products. Just what we needed is more things to spend money on. Yeah, yeah. So... If you want to tweet at us what your shopping list is going to look like, <laughs> you can get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, you can do that at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. I check our email at least every day, if not a couple times a day. So on there all the time. Don't hesitate to drop an email. Don't forget if you're thinking about picking up singles from all of these hundreds of new products we have. Uh, use our TCG player affiliate link. It's tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. After you follow that link, anything you buy will give us a very small percentage of in cash back that we use to keep the show going. Yeah. Pay our hosting fees and such. If you want to help us a little bit more directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. And while we're talking about Patreon, I would like to give a huge thanks to our newest patron, Joshua. Joshua, Thanks, you're, you're a hero. Yeah, we super appreciate it. Yeah. Um, makes us feel a little bit better about spending all this time making this podcast every week. James had a rough day today, or Monday when you listened to this. And yeah. You made his day a little bit better. It, yeah, I saw the email when I got home, and it made my day a lot better. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. And one uh, day well, we will put something on YouTube other than the podcast at Casual <laughs> Try Hard MTG. Yeah, we should probably get back around to recording some sort of gameplay footage. Something. We, we should, should probably start to do that like with our adopted deck thing, huh? Yeah. That would make sense. It would. Even if it's just a game or two with like a little deck description. Yeah, we should, you know, be better at this for Joshua's yeah. sake. For Joshua's sake. And all of our patrons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Discord's still going. I hopped into Discord today. I hadn't been on in a couple of days and... You had a great big post talking about companions, so yep. you're pretty active in there. I, I check in be. and out. Yep. We still have some freebies to give out. I have uh, some Theros FNM Arena codes. You're allowed four of those per account, so I don't know how many people have redeemed already. You'll have to kind of figure that out on your own, but I still have a reasonable amount left, so if you post up in the freebies section of our Discord, I can shoot you another... Theros FNM code. If it tells you that the code has already been redeemed, that's because you have redeemed too many. Yes, which is really a weird way of doing it. Yeah. Because uh, I like wrote and complained, and they and then they were like, "Oh no, you've redeemed too many." I'm like, "Well, then you should give, tell me that. Give me a different thing. Right. Like you have redeemed too many codes. Okay, then I would have given it to someone." Yeah. I also did get. A reasonable number of Acoria pre-release arena codes. They're good for six packs a piece. So you can also hop into our freebie section there and I'll shoot you in, uh, a pre-release code. Those you're only allowed one of per account. So if you've already redeemed one, no more for you. But post up what you're looking for so I can send you the appropriate code. I don't want to send you a second pre-release code if I've already sent you one. Because how I track them here is after I send the code out, I rip the card up. So if I send you one and I rip the card up, I can't give it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, but it's really hard to dig it out of the trash and figure out what code I sent you. Yes. Yeah. 
So make our lives easier. But yep. yeah, trying to hook you guys up. Yep, hop on over. This week, we've been asked for some finance stuff, and we're not going to kind of do the normal, like, buy this, sell this kind of finance thing. I We kicked around doing that for this week, and then a whole bunch of stuff has happened. <laughs> yeah, and so, to say the least. We're going to kind of talk about sealed product and all the new products that are coming. Right. I th- like the market's in a really weird place in general, like the overall magic market. Um, yeah. Over the last couple of years, you know, we've seen some trends occurring with like reserve list stuff where you can kind of predict where things are going. We've seen some trends with pioneer stuff, modern stuff, commander stuff, and you know, if you pay attention to those trends, you can, you know, make some educated decisions and purchase and sell, blah, blah, blah. Right now, the market has no trends. There's seemingly random reserve list stuff going through the roof while other stuff is staying stagnant. Typically, you could judge like health of the reserve list based off of the revised duels. You know, if the revised duels were going up, then like the reserve list as a whole was going up and you could you know, project accordingly, but revised duels have gone way down and then kind of gotten stagnant in like the last couple days, there's been a little movement where they've started to come back, but not at all correlating to some of the other reserve list stuff that's moving. Like Sarah's Sanctum right now is like $112. Sweet. Yeah. Randomly. I didn't help that. I did buy four uh, right before Theros came out. Yeah. It's just weird, like, the stuff that's moving right now. It, um, it is, but even the stuff that, like you were saying, that the dual, the dual lands have gone down a little bit and have gone back up. Yeah. Like, even the crappy dual lands, like Plateau, I just looked the other day, were like $140. Yeah. Which just, like, is mind-boggling. It's like, I was buying these not too long ago for way less than that. Yeah, they were, I think, when I was buying in the duels, I didn't buy Plateaus because I'll never... I'll never play a deck with plateaus in them. But when I was buying into duels, I think plateaus were like 60 bucks. Yeah. So right now their market price is 123, which is just absurd. Like looking at like some of the other ones, whoa, that's unlimited. Never mind. Uh, I was like, (laughs) like, I was like, why are Tigus $250? I missed something. Um, But yeah, like, but just looking at like Grim Monolith, which I'm sure had something to do with Zerta, as people were trying yeah. to get on that, are $300. Right. They're more than LEDs right now. Yeah, which is just absurd. So yeah, so things are kind of going a little haywire. Yeah. And I have a kind of a thought uh, that's kind of going to feed into our first you know, big topic, which is like mm-hmm. the EV on Aquaria boxes right now, which yeah. is with a lot of the OP announcements or the big OP announcement that happened this week, which mm-hmm. we may or may not get super into, uh, there's not going to be any high-level paper magic for the rest right. of the year. Yeah. So I At don't... At least the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't know what is going to drive the cost of not so much the, like, reserve list cards people spec on, but, mm-hmm. like, your... The bread and butter standard rares and mythics and pioneer rares and mythics because 
you're just not going to be able to play those cards. At least not for a while. Yeah. So I went and picked up my box of Aquaria uh, last week. Yeah, it was like Thursday or Friday, I think, right? Yeah. And you had mentioned, or I had mentioned to you, the EV on a box of Aquaria. Yeah. Which was not something I wanted to talk about as I was... Cracking your two boxes of Aquaria. And losing a bunch of money. Yeah. So the EV on a box is they people will take a snapshot of what the market looks like on a given day. Yep. And then they are able to, you can then kind of average out what you should get when you open your box from the, the cost of the single. So you're like, well, I get four mythics in a box there i have a one in 16 chance of any one mythic mm-hmm. so the average cost of a mythic is this i multiply that by four right that's my what my mythic slot is going to be worth mm-hmm. right and you can do the same thing for rares and if there's any money uncommons and foils blah 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 yeah so that's how they calculate the ev so mm-hmm. What is the EV on a box of Aquaria right now, roughly? Um, I can't tell you what it is right now. I know when I wrote this episode, it was $68.74. So I spent $100 on a box. I opened said box. Mm -hmm. And ripping the cellophane off, I just lit $32 on fire. Incinerated. (laughs) It was not great. Yeah. And then I had to sort those cards. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so right now, and this has been a trend that I think we've brought up before that has happened since the advent of collector boosters. Yeah, it it seems like it's getting worse and worse with every set, too. I'm good friends with our local game store owner, and I know he has ordered his entire allocation for... Uh, collector packs for each each set so far. So Eldraine, Theros, and Ikoria. And for Eldraine, I believe he got six boxes of collector packs, which was his entire allocation. And uh, if you don't know how this works, there's no like second print run or second supply of collector boosters. They're one and done. So you have to order all of them up front, and you're not going to get any more. So if he orders his entire allocation, that's all he's allowed to get and will not get anymore. So for Eldraine, I believe that was about six boxes. For Theros, it was up to 12 boxes. And now with Ikoria, I want to say he got 20 boxes of collector packs. It's a lot of collector yeah. packs. It is a lot of collector packs, which tells me that because they're giving him a higher allocation, they're printing more. Yes. Like they're not they're not just gonna give him somebody else's share. Like they have to print more in order to raise the allocations. These are a limited production product. So or they're supposed to be a limited production product. So theoretically, in order for him to get three times as many collector booster boxes, somebody else has to get less. Yeah. Which they wouldn't do. So they must right. just be making three times as many collector boosters in theory. Right. And since people aren't having a hard time moving these collector boosters, when you triple the print run of the product, like that's going to do something to the value of the cards inside. Yes. Now, 
people are cracking these collector boosters. I mean, for good reason. There's a lot of value in them. You get the sweet, uh, like, comic book art cards. You get the uh, Godzilla frame cards. You get a bunch of foils. You get some of the Chase Commander cards that are only in the Commander decks. There is, like, reasons to crack these. But what it ends up doing is it suppresses the value of the cards in the normal set. So why am I going to go out and buy, you know, a booster box of Ikoria when people are cracking these collector packs and there's six cards in every pack that are just foil commons and uncommons. So like that takes the entire foil slot almost out of the equation because there's guaranteed, you know, commons and uncommons in every collector pack where normally when you're cracking a booster box, you might get like six out of the whole box. Yeah. And so you're just getting more cards into the market and With the number of different varieties Mm -hmm. of cards now, it used to be that your pack foil was the desirable version of the card, right? right? If someone wanted an Uro for a foil Uro for their legacy deck, they would have to get the regular pack foil. Right. That was the only one available. That was the only one available. Well, now they have... The regular pack foil, they right. have the Theros. The FNM, you have the FNM pack foil. The FNM pack foil, and yeah. now the extended art uh, foil. Right. And there are just more pack foils of that Uro because mm-hmm. there are more foils being opened because of the collector boosters. Right. So where that foil Uro, I know they're probably something ridiculous now, where that foil Uro may have been a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. it that version of it might only be sixty. Right, because, because there's two other pimp or three other pimp versions that you can get. Yeah, and so you're just kind of spreading out that market. So, yep. right when you open your, you know, so take me for example, example, right? So you open a pack foil Garuda. Mm-hmm. Cool. I want Gigant Cyberclaw of Terror. Yeah. Which is a $14 card. And I'm sure foil Garudas are like four. I have a pre-release Garuda that was $1.30 when I put it in my inventory. Whew. For a pre-release promo. Right. Like Thassa's Oracles. Is, I'm, I'm looking to buy some foil Thassa's Oracles because I'm a degenerate. And... <laughs> um. Those have been going down this week since I was looking at them before. Yeah. They're down to like under six dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say last time I checked, they were about six bucks. But the full art version or the extended art foil is fifty or forty-five yeah. or something. So you're just spreading that like high-end quote-unquote like foil market mm-hmm. is getting spread out over multiple printings of cards. And there are just more of them. Yep. So like those like chase cards that you would normally be like, oh, I want to open packs to get this are just worth less now. Right. Right. And I mean, it makes sense, right? If Wizards was like, I don't know about collector's boosters and they did, you know, six as the allocation for stores Mm -hmm. and they sold out. And then for Theros, they were like, well, we sold all those out. Let's go up to, let's double it. Let's go to 12. And then that yep. sold out. I mean, it only makes sense that they're like, do we just double it again? Yeah. 
and see if that sells out. They're doing what Wizards often does, usually with price, right? Mm -hmm. Wizards will be like, well, if we charge $10 a pack, oh, it's sold out. How about if we charge $15 a pack? Oh, it still sells out. Sells out. What about 20? Yeah. Okay, 20 is a little too high. We can go back down to like 17 and we can still sell it. Yeah. Right? And collector boosters is kind of the same thing. They're just like, well, let's just keep making it till it stops selling out. Yeah, then, then we'll pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, then we'll, we'll pull it back a little bit. But we've got to, we need to find that line. Yep. And so that's what they're doing. Yep. Like that's definitely one of the reasons why the value of EV or the EV of Ikoria is not great is there are certainly just a lot more cards out there right now. Yeah. And I think there are a lot more cards and at the same time, there's a significantly less demand due to COVID. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Like I uh, was, you know, mourning the loss of my uh, planeswalker account and looking through and I think the last time I played in like a DCI sanctioned event yeah. was in February. February, man. Yeah, it was like two weeks after the dumpster fire opened. And like that might have <laughs> been it. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't played in a sanctioned paper event in literal months. And I can't yeah, be the only months. one. Yeah. Right. So, you know. I'm sure people aren't running out to buy a bunch of cards. Yeah. Another thing kind of COVID related is that a lot of the big sellers aren't selling cards right now because they don't want, you know, all their employees congregating in the warehouse, like Channel Fireball, Star City, Card Kingdom. I believe they're starting to get back into selling at this point, but they haven't been selling anything for months now. Channel Fireball uh, took almost a little over a month off they did their yeah. buy list bonanza mm -hmm. in march yeah but i think even when even when they were doing the bonanza they weren't shipping cards i think they were only like running that bonanza out yeah well they i was gonna say they were doing that and kind of winding down sales and yeah. then they just were hard not buying or selling cards for a month right and they've just now started selling cards again on like a limited basis yeah the reason that that's important is because like these large retailers that move high volumes of cards, they're the ones that kind of set the market. So like a lot of the other places that sell like the smaller game stores that sell online or eBay or TCG player, like their prices kind of track what the big guys are doing because they move such a volume of the market that they kind of set where a card is supposed to be for the rest of the market. If they're not selling, that means those prices aren't getting updated. You're not seeing like the normal like shift in right. in the market. Like I haven't looked to see how much like a Luca is, but I'm sure a Luca is significantly cheaper than it would be if it was the only like deck you could play in standard. Right. When there was a standard tournament every weekend. Yep. And people needed them. Yep. Right. So like what drives a lot of the sales especially in the first few weeks when a set is out is, oh, hey, I have a PTQ I want to go to. I mm -hmm. need to buy Yorian, mm -hmm. right? And so you will be like, well, Yorian's $5. I'll spend the $5 because I need a Yorian. 
Right. Oh, you, that's a whole nother point that I hadn't thought about too. Right. Like there's no there's no urgency. So if you go on and you're like Urian's five dollars, you're like, eh, I don't need this. Yeah. I can wait because like I'm doing that with some things. Like I bought some stuff at our local game store to try to support them. Yeah. But like I'm like, well, this is probably gonna go down. I'm not gonna play this deck in paper, right, for a long time. So there's not that same urgency. It's like, I can just wait and see if my Gigans get to $10 a piece as opposed to 14. Like, they're not going to go up. Right. Right. People are still cracking packs. Yeah. People are going to be still cracking packs on some level. And they don't need the cards, really. Right. I think you just kind of skimmed over it and didn't even pick up on it. But there is like a whole nother a whole nother reason why cards might be cheap that was kind of buried in what you just said. Okay. And you made the point about Yorian, right? Yeah. Well, how many Yorians do you need for your deck? A one. Yeah. How many of a given rare do you normally need for a standard deck? Four. Yeah. So you've got 10, 10 cards out of the rare card slot that realistically you only need one of to play. Like I yeah. know there's, you know, some corner case scenarios, like you said with uh, Geruda, and I think there's one of the other ones that's seeing some play as multiples of in the deck also. But yeah, like there's like a whole swath of rares that you only need one of instead of fours, which drives the price or drives the demand down, which is going to drive the price down. Yeah, and those are the rares that are, you know, they're not the mythics, but they are the chase rares. They're the they right. are the rares that people wanted because they're super powerful, but then you mm-hmm. only need the one. Yep. This is definitely like we're definitely in a time right now where for this set and maybe core twenty twenty one. Yeah. Right. It might be better to just buy singles and kind of be judicious and let other people kind of take the risk on buying a box and opening it. Absolutely. Right. Like I usually will buy boxes and open them to get, you know, the commons and uncommons and to, you know, kind of get some of the, you know, you get random foils and stuff. Right. But, you know, I guess two years ago when I was getting ready to buy my house, I just skipped out on Dominaria. Mm -hmm. I didn't buy a single pack of Dominaria. I did a couple drafts, but I didn't buy any boxes. And then, you know, a couple weeks into, or like a month and a half into Dominaria, I uh, cleaned out uh, one of my like card trading sites. And I just basically got all the commons and uncommons for the entire set. I just got a play set of all of them. Yeah. And you know, the commons are like a nickel. Right. And the uncommons are a quarter and now they're less. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to buy a box for your commons and uncommons, you might be able to get all of them for the the less than the price of a box. Oh, way less, yeah. Have a play set of all your commons and uncommons and then instead of getting, you know, like a six mana red enchantment that doesn't do anything, it's going to be <laughs> worth like a quarter. Yeah. You can just buy the rares that you want and it might yep. work out to be cheaper, especially since there's not the urgency of I want to play my FNM, I want to have cards. Right. Or I have, you know, a PTQ next week or whatever. Yeah. 
you also skipped over something else that's important in that last statement that you just I'm going to do this to you all night. I'm going to get killed, yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned Core 21, right? Yeah. So that's like a whole nother thing that we have to think about with Ikoria that we've never had to think about before is because the release date of Ikoria was pushed back, spoilers for Core 21 start June 4th. Yeah, so next that's week? Like two weeks. Yeah, is it next week? I think. Yeah, next week. Yeah, like yep. middle next of next Thursday. week. Yeah, which is just crazy. Yep, Ikoria just released It's like 10, 10 days ago. It's going to be very similar to what happened with um, Core 2020 and Modern Horizons. Now, yeah. Modern Horizons was a way more exciting set right. than Core 2020, but you have the same kind of thing where people have X number of dollars, mm-hmm. and well, right now they have less than their normal X number of dollars. Oh right? yeah. And you just you just were like, yo, here's our product. Yep. And then so Ikoria came out on the eighteenth. Was that the official yep. release date? I believe so, yes. A month and six days later, you're releasing your next product. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? So one of, if not both of those sets are gonna suffer in sales mm-hmm. because people are gonna go like, I literally just bought a set. I I can't do this again. Yep. And so, so, yeah. The the reason that we're talking about all of this with Ikoria right now is all of these, these things kind of form the perfect storm. And when, and if we get to play paper magic again, if there is a deck that, you know, is built around some of the synergies from Ikoria, there's a good chance that there's going to be an artificially low supply once the masses descend upon, you know, insert convention center name here for the next standard Grand Prix. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a good chance that if that happens, the prices of some of these cards are going to skyrocket because nobody opened them. Like, cards are cheap right now. That's There's not an incentive to crack boxes for singles. Like, stores aren't going to order boxes for, you know, $79 or whatever from their distributor and then open them for singles to sell those singles for $65. That's like a loss. It doesn't make sense business-wise. So you're going to have, like eventually when, you know, cards from this set start getting desirable, when we're allowed to go out and socialize and play magic and what have you, there could be a low supply of these singles, which would cause them to spike way up. So my suggestion for, um, go ahead. I was going to say, and this is why you need to buy, like, what you think are going to be the desirable rares as opposed to boxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say to summarize everything that we've just gone over is if you're interested in Ikoria singles, if there's a deck that you think sweet and you're excited to play, once we get to play paper magic again, buy your singles. Now they are very cheap. I think I bought play sets of like all of the comic book art framed cards, except for the triomes. Um, and, and I spent less than $40 for play sets of all of them. So yeah. run out, buy your singles. Don't buy sealed product. You can buy singles from your LGS if you want to support them. I'm not saying don't support your LGS by buying a box because they probably need that also. But if you're you know, trying to be judicious with your what little money you have, 
spend it on singles, not on sealed product. Yeah. And I've heard other people saying this as uh, just like, if you want to take a like Ikoria spec to keep an eye on mm-hmm. like long-term, the triomes are yeah. probably a card that's going to just be played in commander. Yes. As like, since it's a fetchable Triland, right. right. You just get to take out like some bad guild gate and you get to put yep. in a triome in your three color deck yep. and it's just better. So yeah, and they're cheap right now. Like if you don't care about like foils or the alternate art or whatever, the triomes are super cheap. They're like a dollar. They're not that cheap. Mm, I looked them up the other day. They were like a buck and a quarter. I think uh, I'm looking at them right now and they're $5 on TCG. Oh really? For yeah. like the normal art ones? The normal art ones are 565 or 563 oh, wow. is the Indatha Triumph. They're about they're between five and seven dollars or five hmm. and a half. So the I should have ordered them at a buck and a quarter. You should have. <laughs> um, but if you see them going to like if they if they find their way down to like you know under five dollars, you can probably yeah. buy them and have a reasonable amount of like room for them to go up. Yep. So just keep that in mind that those are something to watch especially as we go as we go forward. Yep. And don't forget if you're not going to support your uh, your LGS or don't have an LGS to support or whatever, if you wanted to use our TCG player affiliate link, they usually have the cheapest price around and uh, it would super help us out, so. Yes. Be Do that, much appreciated. Please. Yep. So, I guess next up yeah. Is they have lost their damn minds at Wizards. And yeah, so I had like written out an entire episode over the weekend for us to talk about today. And uh the Wizards like dropped a hand grenade on it. And yeah. I had to rewrite the whole episode after work today. <laughs> so we I think we had mentioned before that oh, we might have had it written in here. It's something like between Ikoria till the end of... Oh, here, you do have it. So mm-hmm. there are... Before today, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different products between now and like the end of the year. Yeah. That we know about. Right. And uh, they did another product today. So we have 10 products between now and the end of the year. So well, the, more, more than that, if you include the secret layers. Okay. All right, 11. So yeah. what I was going to talk about first was the thing that got announced, I guess it was right after we recorded the podcast, like yeah, last week. Yeah, it was week. right after. Way to go, wizards. Yeah. I mean, it's good to, it's good to know that they're listening so they know how to, how to get us, but um, <laughs> they are releasing a very catchy name. I'm sure someone in their marketing department just patted themselves on the back for double masters, double masters, two times the rares, two times the foils, two times. the No, wait, no, scratch that four times the price. <laughs> yeah. Um, of a, of a normal booster, yeah. of a normal booster. So as we said, every pack in double masters will come mm-hmm. with two rares or mythics. And right. two foils. Yep. They will have 24 uh, packs per box. 
Mm-hmm. And Wizards no longer does MSRP, but... <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. But they have a uh, strong partnership with Amazon. So right when they made their announcement of Double Masters, uh, listings went up on Amazon. On Wizard storefront. Like on whatever w- the magic storefront is. It, it was like the legitimate one. It wasn't just, you know, somebody selling them pre-orders there. It was the legitimate magic Amazon storefront. Yes. So it was $299.99 for a box mm-hmm. and $16.39 for a pack. Correct. So the box price is around $14 a box, $14 a pack if you buy a whole box give or take yeah so the boxes the upside of buying a box is you get it comes with a box topper because it's double masters just one box topper you get two box toppers boom double the name (laughs) it's right there that's right Uh, so you're gonna get two box toppers i've been sorting cards these last few days And Mm -hmm. going through, I have a box that is like special sets, like master sets and stuff like that. Yeah. And going through them, for the most part, you can see how I have changed my approach to master's products. Okay. Because like for uh, like modern masters two, I have a decent number of cards because I think I drafted that set a few times. Mm -hmm. And then all the other ones, other than the ones I might have drafted once or twice, it's like I have four play sets of four cards from that set, and I have no other cards from that set. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, <clears throat> I do not want to roll the dice with a $16 pack mm-hmm. or a $12 pack and get a 50 cent rare. Yeah. I have also changed my approach to master sets. And while I am not opening packs like I once was of master sets. I am currently staring at 12 booster boxes sealed of master sets. Yes. I think that's a lot safer way to do it. If you want to invest in master set stuff or buy singles when they're cheap, which is what I normally recommend you do anyway. Like the ultimate masters boxes I've got, I paid, I forget what they were like two, two fifty or two sixty a piece for them. And I think they're, 400 now yeah i basically now there's always a point when there's a new master set mm-hmm. where the supply is really high or at least people feel like it's really high yep for a few weeks and all the cards get super cheap super cheap and then they uh people realize that no they are not there's not this like unbelievable supply. Mm-hmm. There are significantly less and the prices go back up. So for right. example, Pact of Negation. Mm-hmm. I bought Pact of Negations right when Masters 25 came out. I think I paid between 8 and $10 a piece, somewhere in there. That's a pretty good buy. Yeah. You know how much they are right now? No idea. $25 a piece. Holy moly. I know this because I was like, oh, I wonder how much foil packed of negations are. And I went and looked. I was like, oh, my God, what has happened? So, right, like, so there's always this point where 
the cards go down in price and they kind of go back up to their old price. Yeah. Usually it's about a week or two after the set releases. Where it bottoms out. You can go yep. through like one of the best uh, examples of this is if you look at the price of Noble Hierarch when they printed Modern Masters 2. Oh, yeah. Noble Hierarchs, it's like a V. It goes, mm-hmm. they go down to about $25 a piece and, and then they right go back right back up. But there is a sweet spot where they go down. And that's people that are excited to draft the set. Mm-hmm. Or they've opened boxes and they've got the cards they've wanted and they're moving the cards that they opened to like pay for their box. Right. And a lot of times it's like, well, I spent $300 on this box. I need to get my money back quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll see a Noble Hierarch for 30 and they'll put theirs up for 29 Right. And the next person and puts it up for 28 puts it up for, Yeah. And it kind of yep. hits a bottom where people go like, I don't get more, less than $25 for my Noble Hierarch. And then a few weeks later, people are, those cards are all gone. Yeah. And it's just people like, well, I'm going to sell it for 40 because it was selling for 40 for three years. Mm-hmm. And it goes back up to 40 Yep. But there is a sweet spot. So this looks interesting. Like it depends on if the price holds down the supply, but having well, two rares in every pack should really increase the number of uh, rares that are opened. Perhaps double yeah. it. Perhaps double it. That, that's kind of like an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about until like while you were just saying that is that if there's two rares in a pack, it effectively decreases the rarity of rares. Yes. And like there's three uncommons in a pack. So if they don't like increase the number of rares in the set, your rares are going to be like the same same commonness as an uncommon. Pretty much. That's kind of weird. Yeah, they're going to be slightly less uh less uh common than a uh, than an uncommon. Than an uncommon. So the set has 332 cards. Okay. So that's about this. That's a little bit bigger than a, than a normal master set. Than a normal master set. Those are usually like two, like two eighty. Well, that, I mean, that's a good chunk bigger. Fifty cards more. Yeah, I mean, it could just be that they put an extra fifty. Uh, 50 rares in the 50 set. 50 rares in the set to make it work. Yeah. Now, we're not going to know for sure. Okay, so here we go. At least not until like the middle of July. Yeah. So the first Modern Masters yep. had 229 cards in it. Wow. So 100 more cards. So that was 101 common, 60 uncommon, 53 rares, and 15 mythics. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just on Wikipedia now. I don't know yeah. if it's going to have the other uh, things. So it is a bigger set. So it might like drive down the, keep them at a roughly the same rarity. Yeah. But I can't. It's really weird. Yeah. That they have to make the set bigger to like maintain make the it rarity. Work. Yeah. Hmm. So they announced some cards that are in this set, right? They did. They have doubling season. Blightsteel Colossus, Atraxa from the Commander decks, mm-hmm. um, Mana Crypt, and Kalia the Vast. 
So basically all I heard is commander cards. Well, Blade Steel sees a little bit of play, right? A teeny tiny bit, but yeah. it's like doubling season is a commander card. Yep. Attracts uh, so, Kaliar commanders. And so is Mana Crypt. Yeah. So it's a bun. I mean, they they know where their bread's buttered. Right. They, they're um, like, going to make this happen. There's also, I came across a rumor of an Ooh. email that was sent back in March, I think, that listed an upcoming master set with two times the rares and two times the foils that listed all of the cards. All those cards that we just talked about are confirmed in this set. They were spoiled by Wizards of the Coast. Okay. Um, this email that I came across included all of those cards in the cards list, plus a few others. Okay. So these cards were in that same list as, you know, a set upcoming or whatever, but these cards are not commander cards. They are not. No. Force of Will Ooh. is supposed to be getting a reprint. Th- these are rumors, not confirmed. So, you know, don't hate me if I'm wrong. But uh, Force of Will, Jace the Mind Sculptor, all of the Urza's lands are getting reprints. That's kind of cool. They haven't seen print in forever. Yeah. Thought Seas, Mox Opal. Now that it's banned in modern, I guess they're reprinting it. Yay. And Karn Liberated. So Thought Seas, strangely, desperately needs a reprint. Do you know how much a Thought Seas is right now? About 40 bucks, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Like the Because it's literally the best card uh, in Pioneer. In Pioneer. So it's no, 40 no. for Lorwyn, 28 for the uh, Iconic Masters with the Lorwyn art, mm-hmm. and 25 for uh, the Ashiok Theros, Theros art. One. And to just like put this in perspective, Thought Seasons were like $8, like not too long for ago. For a while, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a stack of them. I think I've got 12 or 16 of them. Yeah, I remember you tried to buy mine off of me, and I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I tried to buy your extras. I didn't try and buy your normal ones. Yeah, fair. So that is a card that definitely needs a reprint. I hope we get some new sick art on it. Yeah, that would be nice. And like Karn, Karn is a card that gets reprinted and its price doesn't change. Yeah, kind of like Tarmogoyf used to be. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, here's some Karns. Cool. Are they still $70? <laughs> yeah. Good awesome. Talk. Yeah, awesome. Like, I'm glad I'm not a Tron player. Yeah. Like, I've thought about getting Karns, but I'm like, I can't justify spending $70 and then putting these in a box. Right. <laughs> then... For a deck that I'm going to hate myself when I play. Yeah, I can't I can't see that. Yeah. So, we've listed some pretty high-value cards. Mm-hmm. And so this is, the, this is the trick they play on you with Master Sets, is they're like, get hype, pre-order this, look at all these awesome cards. And then later on, they hit you with, like, Comet Storm. <laughs> tree you, of Perdition. Tree of Perdition. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I spent $16.39 on a pack, and I opened yep. $2 in rares and mythics. I hate myself. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I, like, don't buy Masters products. It is, like, is because you have this such a wide range yeah, it's also awkward too because like the master sets all of them have been awesome draft environments right yes so they're formats that you really want to draft which makes you feel a little bit 
less bad about you know paying money for booster packs of these cards but the cards that are chase cards for the set aren't necessarily cards that you're going to want in your limited deck yeah like karn is great but like you usually won't start a draft off with a seven drop yeah or like mox opal yeah like you shouldn't pass a mox opal because it paid for your draft but it's not going to help you in your draft Right. Though apparently in this set, like you're going to get to take two first picks. Oh, so you won't feel too bad about taking a money pick. You can take a money pick and then a card that's good, but they're going to let you take two first picks. Can yeah, you get I forgot about double that. first picks. Double, double first, first picks. picks. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you are looking to get into older formats, mm-hmm. I do don't foresee you having any tournaments to play in the near future. No. So you might want to wait till double masters mm-hmm. and start looking at moving in on a deck. If yeah. there are pieces of it that are in double masters. Now, a thing that is weird that you might not think about is let's say you want to play Tron. All right. And you're like, okay, cool. I can get, Karn's kind of on the cheap, maybe. Maybe Karn will go to fifty dollars mm-hmm. as opposed to seventy. I can get it on my cards. What happens is the cards around Karn will go we'll up in expensive. price. Yeah. So, you know, if they like if you're looking to get into Tron and they announce Karn Liberated, right. you should probably jump on getting your Warcoil engine or yeah. something else. Because those cards are going to go up as people get the part of the deck that maybe they felt like was keeping them from it. Right. And then they want the rest of the cards to fill it out. Yep. So just be mindful. And so this set isn't going to have collector boosters. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because you can't do a double collector booster, right? Everything, they would screw the math all up. Yeah, I mean, they could just take a collector booster, two collector boosters, and scotch tape them together. What would they call that? A double collector booster. Duh. You don't think they'd call that a VIP booster? Apparently, that's what they are going to call it. There's going to be a VIP booster. Yeah. I hope it stands for a very important player. I I thought it was very important pack. Oh. Hmm. Both are reasonable. Yeah. All right, we should work for Wizards Marketing. <laughs> um, I don't know like what the contents of these VIP boosters are. Um, my brain was kind of fried by the time they were done releasing all these new products, and they kind of just threw the VIP booster in at the end. So I don't actually know what's in them. I don't know if it's actually just like two packs smushed together. I have no idea. Yeah. Now, this goes into what we were saying about you know Core 20 or mm-hmm. Core 2021, Right, you're gonna release. You've released Icoria. A month right. later, you're releasing Core uh, Twenty One. Then, uh, six weeks later, yep. you're releasing Double Masters. Yep. One of these sets has to suffer in sales. Oh, I think they all suffer. They all suffer, but like, it it just has to happen. Yeah, especially with like as many people, you know, aren't working, lost their jobs, need to catch up on rent and insurance and utilities and 
like who knows what what other expenses. Yes. It's crazy that they're announcing all this stuff like right now. I mean, I, I get it. Like all the products are designed. These are probably already printed somewhere. Like they don't really have a choice to roll them out. But holy moly, is the timing atrocious. Yeah. Speaking of atrocious timing, <laughs> we got something <laughs> dropped on, on our head. What should be talking about? <laughs> we got something dropped on our head. Yeah. We had a secret layer drop. Just one? Oh, no. This is like the Uber drop. Yeah. Where they just drop it all on you. So mm-hmm. this is a five set uh, secret layer drop. So very similar to what they did in December. Yeah, it'll be really similar to what they did the first time around. Except that I believe I read you'll be able to order the super drop, which is one of each, at any point between the 1st and the 15th of June. Okay. And then all of the rest of these are going to be one day only. So they'll be like over the course of a week. Um, I think it's the week of June 4th, whatever. I thought, I thought uh, they started like, week? I thought they started like June 1st. Yeah. So next week. Yeah. It's like the first through the fifth will be. Yeah. One of these a day. So wow, next week. yeah. Kick it around. Show ideas, a secret layer in this economy. Come on now. <laughs> Five of them? You know what secret there I would like to see? We were just talking about the card in the previous segment. Secret layer thought seizes? Secret layer thought seize. Yeah. What would you put on secret layer thought seize art? I don't know. Like I am partial to the Almond Cat one. It I'd be more partial to it if you could tell it was a thought seize. I don't know. Like you could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh how people sucking people's brains out seems reasonable. Yeah. Some sort of torture inspired. Yeah, clearly I'm not an art director. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what do you want on this card? I don't know. People second brains. Nah, Sound brain. good. Yeah. <laughs> so there are five of these. There are. Some of them are way cooler than others. Some of them are foil. Some of them are non-foil because yellow. Yep. So the first one is a secret layer full sleeve. Mm-hmm. Which at first I thought, are they just selling fancy sleeves? Like, I hate you, Wizards of the Coast. I would absolutely buy this if it came with those sleeves. Okay. So, I think those sleeves are awesome. This is like old school tattoo art style. You have on here flash art. I don't know what the hell flash art is. I thought someone misspelled flesh no. when they no. put down. Fl- I thought so, flesh art. Yeah, because it's like old school no, tattoos. Totally- it, flash art's like if you walk into a tattoo shop and you see all the like pictures on the walls of tattoos and you can go through and like say, I want this tattoo. Got you. Th- that's flash art. Okay. They're kind of your like what you think of as like a classic, like, I don't know, like 60s, like, you know, a sailor mm-hmm. from World War II yeah. kind of deal. Like you would see like a 40 year old dude and you'd be like, oh, like, I know, like, that's a classic, like, tattoo. So it was like, the mm-hmm. pithing needle is a skull with a dagger. With like a dagger. It. Yeah. It's actually called old school, like, tattoo art. Yeah. That's a, the type of tattoo art it is, is called old school. I believe my sister still listens to the show, and I'm sure that she's going to send me a message when she hears this and tell me that I'm wrong and what it's actually called or whatever, because she's super into tattoos. But they did actually hire a tattoo artist to make these. Uh, his name's Josh Howard from Pioneer Tattoo in Chicago. And I think they're all pretty sweet. 
Yeah. So yeah, there's the pissing needles really cool. Yeah, there's spell pierce, blood mm-hmm. artist, eternal witness, and ink moth. Mm-hmm. Ink moth nexus. The yeah, ink moth nexus. Okay. Yep. Sorry. That's fine. So they're pretty neat. Uh, they are much like a lot of these are just like a million miles away from normal magic art. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, these definitely like if you took just the artwork and took them out of the magic frame, you would absolutely picture it, you know, being stuck up on a wall in some CD tattoo shop. Yeah. When I first saw the tweets about the announcement, Mm -hmm. they weren't the, the art wasn't in a card frame. Yeah. That's why I thought they were selling sleeves because like the the Uh, dimensions uh, of it, look like this the dimensions of like a card yeah and i was like like this is super weird why would they be selling sleeves and then i saw them in the card frame i was like oh okay like this makes sense but they do just look like tattoo art like you said like you Mm -hmm. were flipping through a book to like pick a tattoo yep i want mom spelled wrong in a heart (sighs) with a dove no regrets congratulations you get pithing needle (laughs) Cool. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um, years ago, I remember hearing on the news or on like a radio, uh, on the radio that uh, a woman was suing a tattoo artist because she wanted to get tattooed on her chest, Satan's slave, but he forgot yeah. the first A, so it was just stand slave. <laughs> <laughs> so it just said stand slave on her. It's like, who the hell stand? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she had some regrets. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, No Regrets is from uh, We're the Millers. Okay. Have you not seen that movie? Is it, that's the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, No Regrets. But, uh, I mean, that was a meme before that movie, though. Okay, I didn't know that. Just and then, yeah. Are you sure? Not, not even one? Not even one regret? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so next up is... Heart of Steel, which is an all foil drop. Mm-hmm. Now this one's thirty nine ninety nine. We should say that the the tattoo one was twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I, I guess foils are worth ten dollars more, even though you get less cards. Yeah, this is Dark Steel Colossus, mm-hmm. which unless it's played in Commander, sees no play anywhere. Yeah, I don't think it sees any play anywhere. Then you have Walking Ballista that looks suspiciously like uh, Hasbro property Optimus Prime. Sure does. And then you get Arcbound Ravager, which I don't know what Arcbound looks like, but I mean it's some sort of like robotic energy dinosaur, right? Yeah. So I saw Walking have... Ballista and Arcbound and they were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. I have uh, a sneaking suspicion that the uh promo hanger back that's being given out to game stores was supposed to be in this drop. It does look like it was supposed to be. Yeah. And maybe they changed their mind, so that's why it's smaller. Could be. This goes to something that I uh, was listening to um, the, what is it called? Dies to Removal podcast. Okay. And they were talking about like how it's you know a little weird that Wizards doesn't acknowledge the secondary market. But oh, yeah. also like prints cards at like what the secondary market would, would have you pay for them. Yeah. I mean, so, it's kind of like come to the forefront since Secret Lairs, though. Yeah, it's like way worse now. And yeah. the fact that we're like, hey, here are four cards that we commissioned like a tattoo artist to do. Yeah. And then here are three cards, but one of them's a foil walking blister. 
that looks like Optimus Prime, we're going to charge you $10 more for that. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, we know that on the secondary market, that card is going to get more Yeah, more, more money. time, more play. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to charge you more for it. But, yeah, I could totally see, looking at the art styles, mm-hmm. I could totally see the uh, Hangerback Walker fitting into this art. Yeah. While we're on the topic, the Blight Steel from 2XM yes. also fits right in here. Mm-hmm. And so does the Mana Crypt. The Box Topper version? Or just... The Box Topper version, yeah. Yeah. The Box Topper one almost kind of looks like the, the, like the, the Energon Cube or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So... This is one that I don't think you're going to be able to get the walking ballista or the arcbound ravager for less than like the cost of the set. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, if I end up with $120 left over next Tuesday, I will certainly be ordering four of these. I know it's super hard to like justify some of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's like. Should I buy a booster box and help my LGS or order like actual four walking ballistas? Yeah. Order these four walking Crazy. It's nutty. So next up is the secret layer path not traveled. Yeah. This one didn't have a price announced when I went to look it up. I'm sure the price will be out there by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, but these cards are in foil and they are planeswalkers cosplaying as other characters. It's actually kind of a neat idea. They took cosplayers that are famous for cosplaying these characters and asked them what they wanted the character to cosplay as. So you have Vraska Golgari Queen cosplaying as a prom queen. Yes, you have uh, Tamio, the the borderline unplayable one from... uh, The Bant one from Shadows? Yes, She's yeah. kind of Carmen San Diego. Yeah, she is Carmen San Diego. Okay, that's what the, that's what the cosplayer said. I think. Okay. Um, we have a Johnny Steadfast uh, dressed up like he's in the X Force from like X Men. Yep. Yep. And we have uh, Domri dressed up as a cowboy. So every every release uh, was like there was a picture of the card and then a picture of the cosplayer cosplaying the character cosplaying Cosplay. the card yeah <laughs> it was kind of weird cosception um yeah and it's neat though it is i mean it's not one that i'm gonna buy but it's cool no it's not it'll be interesting to see if the price of this one is less than the heart of steel like if yeah if wizards is like yo we know that walking ballista that optimus ballista is worth yeah. Way more than all these other cards, so we're gonna right. charge ten bucks more. Like I've only mm-hmm. bought one secret layer, and I bought the the ta- uh, the Thalia one. Yeah, I bought the Thalia one, and I'm not I even opened the... it. Yeah, I bought the first uh, super drop too. Yeah, and you bought a bunch of I was oh, I a bunch of wa- uh, uh, bitter blossoms. Yeah, I ordered three extra bitter blossoms too because I didn't have bitter blossoms, and yeah. it was cheaper to buy secret layers than bitter blossoms. So, uh, and then the next one is um, Mountain Go. Yep, that's what it's called, is Mountain Go. And um, this I, is four different arts of Lightning Bolt. Yep, they're kind of neat. I think I like the uh, Grand Prix promo ones better. 
Yes, and I have um, a, I have a bunch of those already. Yeah, this one's also priced to be determined, and these are in foil. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth getting these. Like the art is interesting, but like you said, the grand pre foils are probably better. Yeah, and yep. like probably cheaper or close to the same price. Yeah, I think the foil grand prix promo ones are like twenty bucks a piece. So they're they're going to be a little bit more expensive than this drop is, I think. Okay. But I do like them better. The non-foil ones are definitely going to be cheaper than this drop if you don't if you don't care for foil versus non-foil or whatever. I rate the Grand Prix promo ones pretty high though. I think they're my third favorite lightning bolt. Okay. So for whatever that's worth. So again, on our friend TCG player the Magic Fest lightning bolts are $9 and the foils are $11. Oh, okay. They're cheaper than I thought. Yeah. So depending on the price of the of the new ones, mm-hmm. uh, if you want fancy like textless or nearly textless lightning bolts, maybe go Grand Prix promo. Yeah. And then uh, we have like, the last one is like famous birds or just birds. From what I could tell, it's just called Birds. Okay. And this one had no other information. No price. Didn't say if they were foil or not. And yeah, they're I, just I couldn't tell from the birds. pictures. Yeah, so just bird. You have Birds of Paradise. Yep. Baleful Strix. Dovescape, which is a huge stretch. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes birds. Yeah. Then we have uh, our favorite Gilded Goose. Ooh, Legacy and, All-Star. Uh, yeah, and EDH All Star Swan Song. Yeah, so, the I mean, art. I guess birds. The art is neat. Okay, I just thought of something. Okay. So they're giving you a Swan Song. Mm-hmm. Are they giving you a token? Oh, they better. Like if if I'm paying half or much for this, and you give me a Swan Song, and then I have no to like swan. dig dig out my like Theros block token. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Dovescape should give tokens too. Yeah. Huh. We'll we'll see, but like there should be at least for Swan Song, there should be like a fancy, like yeah. Dovescape. That was a hard token to get, like even back in Theros. Yeah, Dovescape would they'd have to give you like you know thirty five tokens, like yeah. Swan Song. You just need the one to give me one just token. One. Yeah. So this is a lot to throw at people, and I'm sure that when they started the secret layers, they were like, okay, every six months we're going to do a mega uber fancy drop. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, they did the first one at the beginning of December and yep. now we're right around the six month mark. So it's go time on these. Yeah. But it just, it just seems like a bad look. It definitely seems like a bad look, especially with like the state of everything, the way it is like, you know, your customers don't have money. Like, why are you, why are you doing this to them? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just kind of in product overload. Like there's so much being thrown at us. I, I've got like a roadmap here in front of me that I, I wrote out when I was, you know, trying to collect my thoughts before this episode. We have Ikoria that came out 10 days ago, base set, collector boosters, and commander decks. Secret Lair fetches should be shipping like next week. I think it was back to the 12th. Okay. So two weeks. While we're ordering the five summer secret layers that we just talked about, we have June 26th pre-release for Core 21 base set collector boosters commander decks. 
The Chandra Spellbook comes out June 24th. Jumpstart comes out July 17th. Double Masters is August 7th. Zendikar Rising is in September. Base set Collector Boosters Commander decks. Then we have Commander Collection Green and Commander Legends. Yeah, and you know, for a fact, they are going to throw in some other supplemental product at Christmas. Like oh, beyond yeah, on Commander Legends. Oh, like I, they're going to... I would be surprised if we made it through the end of the summer, not even into the fall. I'd be surprised if we made it to the end of the summer without them doing another secret layer. Oh no, they're going to, they might do another secret layer in July. Yeah. You know, secret layer fireworks for the 4th of (laughs) July or something. Yeah. And you're going to be like, I haven't even got my other secret layer though. I will say they do a pretty good job of turning these things around when you send them out. When they send the Chroma's out. monument is a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it's just so much. It yeah. was a lot before, mm-hmm. and now with everything going on, it just seems like too much. And yeah, I know we, we I have know more that- products coming out over the summer than we used to get in a whole year. Yeah, it used to be that you'd only get like a handful of things in a year. When we were like on Modern Masters like two, it was like you had your four standard sets. Yep. You had the commander thing in August. Mm-hmm. And there was usually one supplemental set in the yeah, you, fall or like you winter. either got like a master's set or like a conspiracy or un- unstate unset or it, it like alternated one year you'd get a master set the next year you'd get some weird wacky draft set yeah and now they're just like yo let's just see how much people will buy and yeah. again that goes back to like the price of like the master's packs and stuff have slowly creeped up mm-hmm. till they find where people stop buying them Yep. And people are going and they're going to keep creeping these products. They're going to keep giving us these products until people stop buying them. Mm-hmm. And I don't foresee that happening. Nope, me neither. I just see people just plunking down more and more and more cash. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I at this point, I don't know where the cash is coming from. I understand you're a company, you want to make money. But mm-hmm. there comes a point where, like, you have to you have to stop ringing. Like, <laughs> the thing yeah. is, is like on some level, like you were gonna get this money anyway. I guess I don't know right. how much more you're getting, right? Yeah, if, I have no idea. If in a given month someone has two hundred dollars to spend on magic, right? And if they're always gonna spend that two hundred dollars, yeah, it doesn't matter if they buy it on one set or across four different sets. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe some months they only spend 180 and you're like, if I make this other product and get that last $20, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a business person. Yeah. But, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. So the things I'm looking forward to on this list of a bajillion things mm-hmm. is maybe core 2021. It bothers me that it's core set to fairy. It also bothers me that they're still doing collector boosters with a core set. Yeah. It boggles my mind. Yeah, I 
This is to get people into it, and then they're going to come in and be like, I want one of those boosters. Are you sure? They're $25. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, and then maybe Jumpstart, but Jumpstart is something I'm just going to buy singles out of, right? Because the, that has new cards. It, yeah, it does have new cards. I think it's mostly new cards, and, if I remember right. And, you know, the way R&D has tested things yeah. as of late, like something ridiculous has found its way in. Probably. And I'm going to need it for Legacy if that format ever gets played again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so I'll probably pick up the Chandra Spellbooks. I might, yeah. Like those are cards that I see myself, at least the ones that have been spoiled so far. I don't think the whole set's been spoiled yet, which is really weird since it's coming out in three weeks or four weeks or whatever. Yeah. But I'll probably pick the like four of those up. It Does it... Um... It comes out the same week as the core set? That's what it said on their website was June 24th. I believe you, but like, dear God, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get these in the store for when people come for pre-release. Yeah. So they don't buy an extra pre-release kit. They buy a spell book. Go. Right. Yeah. It's it's just so much stuff. Yeah. Are you going to buy any double masters? I will probably not buy any sealed product. I okay. will probably buy whatever singles I feel like I want, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to buy a uh, a sealed box. Like, I don't know. It's so hard to, like, spend $300 yeah. and, like, maybe break even. Right. Right? Because, like, you have the, right, even if the EV is reasonable, like, you have to spend the $300, sort all the cards, Mm-hmm. sell stuff and then maybe break even yeah that seems like a lot of work for like as opposed to being like well i'll spend a hundred dollars and get the singles that i want or two hundred dollars and get exactly the cards that i want yeah i have some sealed product around my house but it's a different sealed product than what you have well i, I have some other sealed product too you do. But... but no like i'm not i'm not one to just like buy a box and yeah. like hold on to it. Yeah. So yeah. So just be emotionally prepared to be in perpetual spoiler season for the yeah. next like so many spoilers. Cause okay. We just had baby spoiler season today. Right. In ten days we go into actual spoiler section uh, season for a uh, course at twenty twenty one. And also simultaneously with spoilers for core 2021 we're also going to get spoilers for the core 2021 commander decks yes and then right after core set comes out they've got to spoil the jumpstart cards right yep that'll probably be like all in one week right up to release though yeah i don't i don't foresee them dragging that one out so we might get like a two-week break yeah spoilers yep and then as soon as that's done they're gonna start off immediately they're gonna I bet start... you as soon as Jumpstart releases, they're going to start Double Master spoilers. Yeah. And then you'll have a couple weeks, and then you'll be into Zendikar spoilers. Yep. So, yeah. We had this whole big section about uh-huh. uh, the Simic Mutate deck. Yeah, I actually came up with a sweet name for the episode. I was yeah. going to talk so much about this Mutate deck. But uh, 
we had some other things to talk about, so we're not going to talk about the Simic Mutate deck today. We are not going to uh, abandon this deck on the doorstep. We are going to continue to adopt it. Oh, yeah. No, this deck's sweet. I'm going to keep playing it through this week. Um, maybe make a few changes. If I come up with anything that's working well, I will blast it out on the Discord for those of you that are following along there. Yeah. So we're going to jump into some arena stuff. There's been some a big organized play announcements that uh, tie into arena and yep. just kind of a shift in what arena is looking to focus on going forward. So the first thing I think we mentioned this last time is there's a push to historic. It seems. Yeah. You can tell that wizards has been kind of trying to get people to play historic or trying to make people think that historic matters for a little while now, but like players are starting to take up the mantle now. Like you, if you sign on to Twitch or whatever, you'll see, you know, people actually playing historic and testing the format and seeing, you know, what kind of silly things you can do. Whereas in the past, there really hasn't been a whole lot of that. Now this is, this is for two reasons. Reason one standard is a dumpster fire. Well, I mean, not all the standard that mutate decks pretty sweet. Yes, but, how many times have you just had two of your permanents stolen on turn five? Oh, none. None? No. No, whenever that happens, I scoop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the first one gets stolen, you're like, no, I'm not going to no, let no, you play the no, Orion. No, no, no. When they resolve the uh, Luca okay. with the token on the battlefield, I'm like, no, 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 no. I know where this is going. I've had enough. No, thank you. Okay. Okay. So, and... This is part of the OP announcement. Yeah. They're going to have a Mythic Invitational in August, and this Mythic Invitational is going to be historic. historic. Now, this is a problem, I think, for historic, because right right now, historic is where you go do something fun and goofy. Yeah. Right? You're like, it's hey. Frontier. Yeah. Hey, I want to play a treasure hunt. Yep. Giving you treasure hunt, you get to play treasure hunt. Yeah. Right? Because and no one has looked at it. We brought this up before that as soon as people get into historic and there's something to play for, mm-hmm. historic is going to change mm-hmm. and historic is gonna become like six decks or eight decks or whatever. Yeah. And that's going to be the format. And you and said it already is, right? To some degree. I know that people have been saying that. Luca Fires is the best deck in Pioneer. There's mm-hmm. also Kethis Combo. Mm-hmm. Yes. And <laughs> um, Emma Handy tweeted out just the, the, the picture of what the uh, win rate was for her deck with tweeting, don't ban, don't ban, don't ban, don't ban, don't ban. And the win rate yeah. was 91%. That's now, absurd. I don't know if they, uh, they went 6-1 and one right. or whatever it was and they called it good. But uh, from what I could gather, it had a Nexus, an Uro, and a Warder's Deck Reclamation. The least <laughs> fun combination of cards imaginable. <laughs> yeah. So I think the format is going to like undergo a pretty drastic change. Well, it, it'll solidify. It will. Like the format's just been mush since its inception because nobody's playing it. Yeah. And so, like, you know, a lot of pros and a lot of like magic people have been like, oh, historic is great historic so much fun and it's like 
it is now. Yeah. Because you can play things that you think are fun. Right. But it's going to turn into like standard where, you know, there's just a handful of decks and you're going to be like, oh no, I have to play against this deck again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> where right now you get a lot of, I'm sure you get a lot of variety. Yeah. Because people are trying to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're going to have a historic uh, mythic imitational. Mm-hmm. And I, like last week's FNM at home was historic artisan. It was. Which is the uncommon common format. What did you play? Boros Cycling. Did you? I was the only person playing it and just clowned people. I played our mutate deck. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. You're like, I also clowned people. I'm in on this. I thought for sure I was going to see a bunch of mirrors. Didn't see any. I was the yeah. only person I played against playing uh, Cycling. So basically, uh, as I said, when we re- uh, adopted the Cycling deck, I was like, oh, this is the best deck in Artisan unless they ban... Zenith Flare and they ban Zenith Flare. Yep. Uh, you just replace Zenith Flare with Snare Tactician. Is it Snare Tactician? Yeah. The, the, t- tapper? the tapper. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you just uh, yeah, you get them. Like I had an opponent that had a giant board, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll cycle four cards, tap eight of your creatures, and then kill you next turn. Yeah. Like I was dead for four turns. I was just like tap tap tap. Yep. Tap tap tap. Okay, That's I win weird. now. I did the same thing in Mutate. I subbed out the uh, the rares in Mutate for Shore Sharks and Archipelagors. Yeah. So I just tapped their stuff and bounced it. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you're at eight? Okay, cool. I'm going to cycle a bunch of stuff with two Dranus Stingers and kill you. Yeah. Um, this is something that's been on my mind as I've been watching various standard things. Mm-hmm. Um, is... This is probably a result of fire design with them trying to like make the draft formats a little more powerful. Yeah. Think about how many standard decks there are that are just the best version of the draft archetype. Oh, yeah. Right now there's Mutate, Boros Cycling, and uh, Adventures. Yeah. And I might be missing one. But it's just like, oh, hey, this is the absolute best version of... Well, cycle or the sacrifice deck. Yeah, the sacrifice deck has cards from other sets, though. Well, right, but it was the same archetype in every set. It was true. Red black was just sacrificed yeah. for like a year and a half. Just look at a deck like Teamer Adventures. That deck is all Throne of Eldraine cards with lands from other sets. It's very true. Boro Cycling is all. Uh, Ikoria cards with lands from other sets. Same with mm-hmm. Mutate. Like the Mutate yep. deck has a couple non Ikoria things, but doesn't really need them. Right. Like if it didn't have, um, like there's a there's a replacement for Paradise Druid. Right. Right. So there are like you could replace that card and just have all Ikoria stuff. It's really weird because that never used to happen. No, not at all. Right. You'd be like, oh man, I really enjoy playing fill in the blank draft deck. Yeah. And you could not like make a standard deck that did that thing. Yeah. And now it's like every set. They're just like, yo, did you like that thing you did? I, I, I did. Cool. Just buy all the cards from the set <laughs> and then play that deck. Uh, did you like okay. that sweet Gates archetype that we threw in the draft environment? Oh yeah. I got, the... a, I got a story for you. I mean, I played the, I played <laughs> the Gates deck. Yeah. That's instead. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, that has really happened 
in the last like year, year and a half. Years. Yeah. Has, has that been that long? Gosh. But like, yeah, man, we're coming up on rotation. <laughs> I guess we are. You're right. But the gate stick wasn't really a thing until uh, the right. second set. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's really different than the way things used to be. You used to not just be able to have like energy was like a God awful design mistake. Right. I don't know if you can say that minus Oko, that food was a God awful design mistake. It's not great. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's almost the similar problem to energy though. And I actually think that I touched on this fact when we did our uh, Eldraine like set review episode is that food is just kind of like reskinned energy. Yeah. They're both super parasitic mechanics. Yeah. But we do just, it is just super weird that we just keep having like each draft environment just keeps like spawning a standard deck. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after that little aside, mm-hmm. the other big arena news is that because no one's allowed to be within six feet of each other, all of the organized play for the rest of the year is moving to arena. Cool. This has some people's jimmies rustled. So the, the, sh- the short of it, because I know you know, a lot of you aren't, you know, worried about the EV on your, you know, pro tour, um, right. is if you look at all the prize money that was across all the events that had been previously scheduled, that mm-hmm. like the regional PT uh, level, and you look at the prize pool of the events that have been announced for this new OP system, which moves the regional pro tours to arena, Uh, has a mythic invitational or two Mm -hmm. and then has, I actually have it all up here. Um, and then has, um, uh, something else anyway. So, okay. There are one, two, there are two, uh, players tours. Then there's some other stuff, but basically there's $2.1 million taken out of the overall price pool. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Now, I'm of two, I've heard a bunch of different arguments. Mm-hmm. And one argument I have sympathy for is that a lot of people, that Wizards cranked up the number of PTQs on Magic Online Yeah, once COVID started. And so they've been like pumping out PT, uh, PTQs. And then after everyone has spent all their money and qualified, we're like, yo, it's not for the same amount of prize money. Yeah, that's kind of dirty. Which is kind of dirty. Then there's part of me that's like, I know Wizards and Hasbro, big company, blah, 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 evil, whatever. But like, yeah. they're making less money. Right. And you know, I think Mashi Scanlon said, like, if you have to cut prize money or fire people, mm-hmm. you should probably cut prize money. Makes sense. That's a good argument. Right. And I know that there's a lot of people that look at this like, well, what about the pro players? Mm-hmm. And like, Wizards has never told anyone to professionally play Magic, right? Wizards, well, I mean, until last year. I don't think Wizards was ever like, quit your job, stream, and have your income be based on your stream and what you can win in prize money. Well, right, but that's what they did last year with the MPL. 
But they're actually paying those people. Right. It's, right, but they're still like, here, be a pro player. Here's your income. Play Magic Stream. There's a lot of people like, well, what about the people that are grinders that need this money that like we're counting on a certain right. amount of yeah. money? And it's like, no, like, sure, your EV is down, but most people that show up don't make any money. Right. And, and also another point is that like if you're looking at EV across the board, sure, like the pri- the payouts might be less. But also, like, all of those people now don't have to pay for hotel, airfare, food, whatever. Actual paper cards. Actual paper cards, yeah. And for this first uh, PT that's happening in, like, three weeks, Mm -hmm. they are giving everyone a god account with all the cards in it. So they don't even have to, like, try to build an arena collection. Yeah. It's going to be, like, here. So it's a big change. Like, you know, I'm sure they're going to be doing coverage of it and it's going to be all in arena, which will be, you know, interesting Mm -hmm. and a little bit different. So that was kind of the big like controversy for like a day or two was that people felt like wizards promised X amount of prize money. And then like it was a bait and switch. Delivered something less than X. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I totally understand, like I said, if people feel like, well, if you were going to change the payouts, uh, you should have said so before you were, like, uh, selling all these PTQs. Yeah. But I guess I don't know how many people would have been like, I'm not going to play in this PTQ. Oh, almost none. I I don't think you change your numbers at all. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how much, like, grumble, grumble, grumble – this is unfair, but if they would have said on the front end, yo, we're going to cut like two thirds of the prize money. Do you want to pay $30 for this PTQ? I think people would have been grumble, 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 submit. I, I don't think that's like a correct argument though. Like, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it changes the numbers at all. If you've you know been promised something and then had the rug pulled out from under you, you're like, this still kind of. Oh no, I agree. No, but my, my point is that, Watsi could have said something on the front end. Oh yeah, no, they should not, have absolutely, and not and I don't think changed, it would have hurt them at all, and not changed how many people queued up for PTQs in a meaningful way. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm not like forgiving them for not saying anything. I'm just saying yeah. if they would have, it wouldn't have changed how many people would have shown up. I got you. Yep. So that was the big um, uh, controversy. And the other yeah. thing, we'll touch on this very briefly. Okay. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Austin Berkovich. Yeah. So Bursevich. Bursevich. Yeah. So this guy, um, we mentioned it on last week's episode in, in passing that right. someone, uh, the previous week. So the week of like May, like 10th sent out mm-hmm. a tweet that was like, Hey, I heard from some players and rivals in the MPL that, Wizards is moving all of their organized play stuff to arena and they're cutting the price pool. Yeah. And like, this is going to happen in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's going to be announced next week, but the PT is going to be in like three or four weeks. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair that they told the rivals people or the MPL first and not everybody else and not everyone else. And that gave them a two-week head start. Yeah. So I'm telling you. And so, of course, Wizards was like, 
hey man who told you and he was like he wasn't he didn't say like i'm not gonna tell you he sent like i i sent you the tweet some mm-hmm. snarky email about like money being out of things and all this stuff so i don't think that's 100 percent true i went through the links that you sent me okay and in one of his tweets he says that that was a that was something that he put up on twitter for views or to stir the pot that okay. wasn't the actual okay. uh, letter that he sent back to wizards he said he did send back you know something to wizards saying basically the same thing but left out all of the snarkiness okay so basically he was like i'm not going to tell you who told yeah. me so npl right. players are under a ndl and ndl or nda N- sorry NDA, yeah. nda so a non-disclosure agreement if wizards goes to them like we had mentioned before with like hey do you think this card is insane mm-hmm. um then they're not supposed to be able to tell anyone right and if they go and, and maybe wizards was like hey mpl players what do you think about this as a solution to our op problem right and then the MPL players were like, well, it's not fair that I know and other people don't. So they told someone who could then tweet it out. Right. As like a big heads up. Wizards was like, tell us. And he said, no. And so Wizards was like, cool. We're perma banning you from all of our platforms. <laughs> it went a little bit beyond that also, though. Okay. They also said at the end of the email that they sent back to him saying that he's banned from ever doing anything with magic again so not just arena magic online paper events he's not allowed to attend an event he's not allowed to judge an event he's not allowed to organize an event he is not allowed to do anything having to do with magic which is pretty crazy yeah they also said at the very end of that though that he is more than welcome to appeal their decision However, in his uh, you know response asking for an appeal, he has to provide relevant information to the investigation. Yes. So, so basically, they basically told him that he needs to give up his sources, otherwise there's no chance he's getting unbanned. Yes. And you might not know who this player is. He won a GP last year. Yeah. And according to the like Magic Elo project from what I was reading... He's mm-hmm. the number one ranked player in the world. He has the <laughs> he has like the best GP and PT win rate of anyone in the world. Wow. Uh, when you factor in like ELO and like opponents and whatnot. Yeah. So he's not just some like random dude. Yeah. Now, it seems like a pretty big hammer to swing. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that they want to like fry the person who like broke the NDA. Right. It sounds like it was multiple people. Right, but like what if that person's like Papa Jund? You can't fry Papa Jund. I would think not. But I don't know. Yeah. It seems not great. It's not a great look that like in one week you cut money from your tournaments mm-hmm. and then at the on on Monday you cut money from your tournaments and on Sunday you perma-ban forever the guy who told people you were doing this like five days early? Right. Now, I what I don't understand, you know, maybe maybe this is why I've not won a Pro Tour, 
<laughs> is um, he's like, oh man, the MPL has like two extra weeks to prepare. They're all gonna play Yorion, Luca, Jeskai, Fires. This the form- name just rolls off the tongue. It does, and I think it got it like in the wrong order. But like this format has been around mm-hmm. for so long. No one's breaking anything. Right. Right. No one is building some crazy new deck. Like we have been playing tournaments for large piles of money mm-hmm. in this format for the last two months. Right. No one was like sitting on hot tech. Right that they were going to bust out. They were saving for the PT. Mm -hmm. So like, I understand the argument that like, oh man, there's an advantage here, but there's also not an advantage. Like, so the MPL knows two weeks earlier, there's going to be a PT. Yeah. Okay. If, if they would have said that PT was in historic. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Whole different story. That's a format that no one has done anything that matters in. So we've got an extra two weeks to try to break historic. Yeah. Mad. Cool. But, hey, you know that super stale standard format you've been playing? Uh Mm Uh-huh. We're going to play a PT in that in five weeks. Oh, okay. I guess I'll keep streaming the same stuff I was going to stream. Right. And then two weeks later, we're like, hey, you know that stale standard format you're playing? Uh Uh-huh. We're going to... May have a PT in that. Oh, I should probably watch the same streams I've been watching. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I understand like the competitive balance argument. Yeah. But it's also not like they changed the format from what mm-hmm. it was or anything. No, I agree. So like I don't think I agree with them like, you know, making an example out of this guy because that's all it is. Oh, a hundred percent it is, yeah. It's a hundred percent like you're going to, like, leak stuff? Okay, no. Swing the biggest hammer. Yeah. I mean, that's actually the biggest hammer, right? I, I don't think a, they have a hammer bigger than that. This might be, in all honesty, the biggest hammer they have ever swung. Right, yeah. That's that's what I mean. I don't think they've banned, banned somebody across all outlets. All platforms forever. Right. I mean... Owen did some questionable things, but like, is he perma banned from all no, forms I of think magic? He could still play arena, like if he wanted to. Yeah, I think he... I've seen him streaming Modo. Yeah, so like, I just think this is like a okay. If you're not gonna give up the person in the MPL, so we can go after them. Yeah, we're just going to like end you ever playing Magic ever again. Right. Which is you know a little out there. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There is the like abridged version of very abridged. The, the current magic drama. Yep. Uh, I think the TLDR is a uh, pro tours on arena, less prize money, mm-hmm. grumpy pros. Uh, one more thing that we didn't mention okay. is that, despite these are like highest level of you know wizards organized play they're being run through a third party website they are they are i didn't i didn't remember that in the in the announcement yeah it was in, it, it wasn't in the announcement 
It, I read it while I was going through the the tweet thread that you sent me. Oh God. Yeah. What kind of look is that to have to run this through a third party website? That is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that is so bad. So hey, what we need you to do is we need you to have up our our program. Cool. Now we need you to have up Discord. Less cool. Now I yeah. need you to have up a website that you can enter your results in. Yeah. Why do I need to have your client up? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, crazy, crazy. I think another thing that is making people angry about the price payout is the price structure is super flat. Yeah, it's not weighted top-heavy like it normally is. Yeah, so looking at the Players Tour event, mm-hmm. first place gets $8,000. Wow. Second place gets 7000 Yeah. It's usually like, you know, it's been something like you get $30,000 and second place gets 10. Right. Third place is six, fourth place is five. And then mm-hmm. fifth and sixth are 4,500. But then you get wow. down to if there are like 224 players mm-hmm. or something, I guess I don't know where the cutoff is. They're paying down to like 224 and they're paying $250. Wow. So, like, they've really flattened out the payout. Yeah, a lot. A lot. So, the the players' tours before uh, were, like, 250 for the North American and European one, and there was, like, 150 or 100,000 mm-hmm. for APAC. Yeah. And this is, like, basically just the APAC prize number. Mm-hmm. But paid out way further down. Mm-hmm. I had noticed it before. Maybe, right? Maybe Wizards was like, you know what? A bunch of people would appreciate getting $250. Like we could pay True. this to the normal, like top 68 or top 100. Yeah. But we're going to pay it down further so we can give more people a little bit of money. Mm-hmm as opposed to giving one person a whole lot of money. That makes sense, especially if people don't have to get off their couch. Yeah, but, you know, when people just are doing, like, raw EV calculations are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm losing yeah. equity. Right. I was telling Anthony, have you ever heard the, uh, the phrase or the saying that, like, all Americans are just inconvenienced millionaires or temporarily inconvenienced millionaires? No. It's It's an idea that, like, Americans will vote against their like immediate economic self-interest mm-hmm. because someday they're going to make it. And when they mm-hmm. do, they want the system to favor them. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like every magic player is an incon- temporarily inconvenienced PT winner. Oh, that is a hundred percent true. It's like, you know, I enter this tournament and I'm going to win and I'm going to pay right. my bills with first place. So I want first place to be as much as humanly possible so I can win as much money as possible. And that's like, that was like going back to the old system, like before we had MPL and rivals or whatever, when we had like gold and platinum pros or whatever, the number of times I've heard like bronze grinders complaining about them taking perks away from platinum or something. is like, really? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like you, you place top thirty-two in a Grand Prix, and you're worried about like losing equity in platinum. Yeah, 
and and like I don't know how much of this is that. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe people feel differently if first place is fifty thousand dollars, but mm-hmm. they only pay out to like sixtieth. Right. But then all those people that would have just got a two hundred fifty dollar check from Wizards mm-hmm. for being in like the top two twenty five. I don't yeah. know. I'm gonna sound like a little cocky here, but like if I would have qualified for a PT, big if. But if I would have qualified, I feel like I could have got like two twenty four. Like I don't know how big the field is, but you could have pulled off two twenty four. Probably. Right? Like I could have had a run at two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. I like, could have gone four five and four. Now there is like now the thing I don't understand is uh like maybe I'm just reading this wrong. It says like two hundred and twenty five plus gets two hundred and fifty dollars. They're not paying everyone two hundred and fifty dollars. So I don't know exactly how this math works. Hmm. But my my point being like there's a lot of people that are going to cash this that would yeah. have maybe not cashed a, another Pro Tour. Because like, right. I forget what the cash was at Pro Tours. It wasn't super far down. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, I don't know. I never quite made it that far. No, no, it was never something I was like super worried about. Yeah. But yeah, so those that that is our drama for the week. Uh, yeah, I've had enough drama for the week. I hope let, there's no more. Let us be let us be on Twitter so you don't have to. <laughs> sure. So with that, if you want to tweet at us your uh, filter of Twitter, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod if you want just a taste of some of the drama. <laughs> you can also hit us up on Facebook, Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget, if you're looking at picking up some cheap Aquarius specs, uh, while prices are low, you can do that through our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. We'll get a very small sliver of whatever you spend there. It helps us to keep the show going. Uh, like we said earlier, I want to give another shout out to uh, Josh for hooking us up on Patreon. If you guys want to support us a little bit uh, a little bit better than you would going through TCG Player, our affiliate link, you can drop in at Patreon and help us out there. I try and post our show notes a uh, day early on our Patreon account. So if you want a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about on the episode that comes out on Thursday, they should be up on our Patreon on Wednesdays. It's a little thing I try and do for you guys. Um, other than that, I don't think I have anything else this week. Do you? No, uh, I will promise that I will put the podcast up on Thursday and not forget. <laughs> Man, you had me worried, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, I promise to be punctual. All right. We'll see you guys on the interwebs. <laughs>